So we're discussing the fact that we see an interesting concept in the Pesukim over here, and that is that not just does Hashem decide how a battle is going to be decided, what the outcome of the war is, but we see a second Yisrael as well. And that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes people go to war. Like it says over here that even though logically the kings of Canaan should have been afraid of Bnei Yisrael, they had witnessed the miracles which had happened, like Rachav Azayna said right at the beginning, everyone was too scared to approach them. But like Pasuk says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was behind the scenes pushing them to go to war. Let's understand this a little bit better. There's a famous Gemara in Avedazar. A Gemara in the face of the base of Avedazar says that Laosid Lavoi in the future, Kaddish Baruch is going to take a safe material. And he's going to say, whoever contributed to the Torah study should come and get their reward. And the Gemara says over there in Avedazar that Miyad, immediately all the various nations are going to come and each one's going to claim that they deserve reward for learning Torah. One of the nations which is going to come is Paras, is Persia. And they say, Harbei Drachim Da'vanino. We built roads, we made bridges, we fought walls, and all of that we did with Sarech Torah. Why is building bridges and roads and fighting walls with Sarech Torah? So it's the same argument as someone coming along today and say that you know, they developed the internet, the Sarech Torah. That wasn't their intention. But Lemaisa, when the tool exists, it can be used as a medium to give Shirim, to store Torah, to whatever it's going to be. So they say the same thing. Maybe that wasn't their intention when they built the roads, made the bridges, but now that the transportation system is in place, people can use it to travel, to get to to learn. So they say three things. They built roads, they built bridges, and they fought wars. So the first, HaKadosh Baruch response to them, the Gemara says, is that wasn't your intention. Your intention, you weren't doing it for Klai you were doing it for yourself, so you don't get rewarded for that. That wasn't your intention. When it comes to wars, Rakesh Baruch says something else. He says, when it comes to the wars, I need a sisi. Hashem says, I made the wars, not you. And here we see the same idea. Rakesh Baruch so to speak, decides when countries should go to war. It's not the country. And therefore, it's not even they can take credit for the action. When it comes to building bridges or making roads, maybe, they can take credit for the action. Hashem says there wasn't the right intention. When it comes to fighting wars, HaKadosh Baruch says, I made the wars, not you. You can't even take credit for the action. What, how does Hashem make countries go to war? So there's an unbelievable Chazal. It's the Gemara in Hadron, and the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, Im Ra'isa Malchius, Shemiskaris Zubuzu. If you find different kingdoms, different countries, who Misgaris Zubuzu, they said to be goading each other to war. It is like pushing how far they can, so to speak, uh, test the patience, so to speak, of the enemy until it actually breaks out in war. Says the Gemara, Chakei Neragav Shul Mashiach. It's a sign that Mashiach might be coming. Why? What's the connection? So Shemati, from very Vlad, your voice appears in the Beautiful explanation. And that is, that we know that every nation here in this world has a sire in Shemayim. 
Every nation here has a spiritual, so to speak, guardian angel that's responsible for that, that, that nation in Shemayim. And therefore, as long as the spiritual sire of that, of that nation is calm, nothing's uh, threatening it. So there's no reason for the people that he's looking after to get uh, ag- agitated, to get worked up. But Berega, the sire in Shemayim, feels threatened. So the people here are going to feel threatened also. And therefore, the only difference is, like the Gemara says in the Gila, that they, they feel the feeling of fear. They feel threatened. They feel ill at ease. They don't know from what. They don't know what's threatening them. And therefore, when you see a nation here is unsettled, they're looking for somebody to fight with. They feel threatened. They feel that they have to protect themselves. Right? And therefore, they're looking for an enemy. They're looking for somebody to attack, so to speak. Miscarries. It's not that they have a definite enemy they're going to fight against. They're goading someone else into fighting. It means that the nation feels unsettled. They feel that there's something wrong. And you should understand, the cause for this is, is because their sire feels unsettled. What would cause the sire of the nation to feel unsettled? There could be a number of things. But it could be when Mashiach comes. Because we know that the past success, that when Mashiach will come, he'll take away the, whatever dominion any of the sire have. Right now, each of the sire have a certain amount of power to look after their nation. When Yemeshech will come and re-establish the Malchus of Hashem in this world, then all those sorrows, all those sorrows, will lose their power. Like the Apostle says in Yishai, Vaya b'yemu, Yifkred Hashem, Al tzva marim b'marim, Val malcha yatama, Al adama. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will deal with the, the tzva marim b'marim, the angel in, in Shemayim, and the king is here in this world. And therefore, if you see a nation which is unsettled, they're looking to fight. Understand that it's not because they're unsettled. It's a reflection that their sorrow is unsettled. He's scared. And it could be why he's scared of his Mashiach coming. And therefore, Chakei Liraga for Mashiach. And here's the same way. How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu make a nation going to battle? Pashat, if the Sar feels threatened, so then the people feel threatened, they're going to go and fight to defend themselves. And, that we see, and here also, I mean, here it's more Pashat. This was the downfall of the nations of Canaan. This was the time when all 31 kingdoms of Canaan got destroyed. And therefore, there definitely would be the feeling that the Sarim has of these kingdoms that they're going to, that they're threatened, that they that, that, that they are going to be destroyed. And therefore the way it came out in the nation, the nation felt threatened and therefore felt that they had to fight to defend themselves because they felt we, otherwise we're going to get we are going to be attacked. And therefore like I said, with the fact, it's not a national decision to go to war. It's a reflection of something happening in Shemaim which translates down to the people here that they feel that that's the that their way that they're going to respond. Is that the only reason? And all I'm explaining is, is the concept. And that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu sets in motion wars. It's something HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. It's not that people decide to go to war, and because of that, it's how they decide they're going to, they're going to run a war. And feel level then is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You must understand the principle of Hashkach also. And that is, there's a certain amount that a person's private Bechira can change. And a certain amount, where it has to come, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, it's a part of running the world. And therefore, it's not one person's individual choice that's going to change so much. We spoke about this way at the beginning. We spoke about the king of Yerichai, and we'll say the same beside again here. Right? And that's why we have a principle of Lev Melachim Yadashem. Because the king is too powerful. And therefore, if it was left after himself, he could do much too much change in the world, more than if say, one person's Bechir would warrant. And therefore, the way to do that is to, that the, the king's heart is Yadashem. Like what says, Lev Melachim Yadashem, 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 Bechira, which is going to affect so much 
isn't left up to the decision-making process of one person, and he's going to decide that and then it's going to have such a major effect. Something like that has to be, has to be, uh, so to speak, following the dictates of what Rosh Baruch is making him do. And this is the Gemara in Shabbos, like we said. The Gemara says in Shabbos, if all the heavens were parchments and all the reeds were, were, were quills and all the sea was ink, it wouldn't be Masvik Lichtoy Chalana Shalroshus. And we explained that with Shatan Rashi, what does it mean Chalana Shalroshus? It says the life of the king. Why? Because you can give all the theories you want. And you can have all the analysts, of political analysts, or whatever it's going to be, of what the king is doing and why he's doing it. And the emphasis you'll never finish because that's not the reason. It's a halal. It's a halal because the real reason why he's doing what he's doing is because that's what makes him do. And therefore, whatever other theory or political agenda people ascribe to him, you'll never finish with that because it's not, that's not the, it's not where it's coming from. And therefore, that he decides. There's some things which isn't up to one person's behavior to decide. I will finish on this concept. There's one more point I want to say before we go back to the Pesukim. And that is, there's another concept which fits into the same category. Which fits into the same category. And that is the coming of Mashiach. The coming of Mashiach is something of international significance. The world will change. It's not something which one person's Bechira can do. And therefore, even though the Gemara says that a Dara, which Mashiach didn't come in that generation, right, it's as if it, the Bessemish was destroyed in that generation, the Chaim Vedajan explains in Rechaim, he says that's a din in the dark. But you can't, it's a dikim in that generation, it doesn't apply to them. Because you could have individuals who, they deserve to have the best image built in their time, they didn't do anything wrong. But the, the decision to bring Moshiach isn't in the realm of the individual. It's something which affects much more than one person. And therefore, even if there would be individuals who deserve to have a best military built, but that's not going to change the decision for Hashem because it's a much more global question which Hashem has to decide on. And therefore those Siddiquim who they deserve to the best ministry built in their life will be the other way around. They'll deserve to live again to be able to win the best ministry will be. It'll be a tchisamesim for people who deserve it because instead of the best ministry being built in their lifetimes they will be given lifetime when is the best ministry built. But the decision of bringing the best ministry is a global decision. And therefore it's not taught in any one person's Bechir. Okay, that's just to finish that point of why Hashem, so to speak, engineers the, uh, behind the scenes that wars are going to happen. This is finished, we have to break it out of Pasuk Chafadif. It says, When we call her Yehuda, when we call her Yisrael, the Anakim were the giants, which is Pasuk spoke about. When the spies went to Eretz Yisrael, they met the giants. And they say, We saw these giants. And the, the giants were still there. There wasn't just one or two of them. There were places where they lived, like we see. They had cities. And Yeshua, after fighting all the kings around, so then he focuses and he, destroy, he destroys the cities of these giants. And there were no Anakim left in the conquered territories of Israel. These are the cities of the Pishtim. Right? And at this stage, Israel didn't conquer the Pishtim. Right? The they weren't allowed to conquer the Plishtim because of the pact that Avram Avinu made with Avimelech. Melech Plishtim, that for four generations he wouldn't attack them. So they weren't allowed to conquer the Plishtim. So at the same time, whichever of these giants found refuge in Plishti cities, Plishti couldn't get to them. So therefore they would remain there. But in the rest of the rest of the world, Plishti destroyed the giants. 
Now, this isn't the whole story. We're going to see later on exactly how Klaishal and who was it, who was it that went to fight the, the giants. Just now, as part of the discussion of what happens and how, of the various parts of Israel, so we're being told that Klaishal destroyed these giants. We're ready the story later on in Shoftim, exactly how that will happen. Was Goliath one of these? No, Goliath was much later, and Goliath wasn't, wasn't a descendant of Anak, he was a Tishli. After Yeshua had taken all the land that Kodesh Baruch told, promised Moshe Benyam. Then afterwards, when the war comes to an end, so then Yeshua starts the second part of his job. Yeshua had two duties he was given. The first one was to conquer Israel, and the second one was to divide, to divide Israel between the Shvatim and give everyone their, their inheritance, their Nakhila. And that's what the Pasuk says of here. I once had finished the first part of his job, which took seven years of conquering Israel. Now we're going to see that he's going to start the second part, which is how he did the division of Israel. You're a really killed